Welcome to the RICO 12 Shares Podcast. This is an open to all addictions and afflictions sharing meeting. If you would like to record a share or a recovery prayer for RICO 12 Shares, please go to www.rico12.com forward slash shares and follow the links there or click on the link in the show notes. RICO 12 Shares is not a dumping ground for problems, nor is it a place for storytelling. RICO 12 Shares is not a place for crosstalk or contacting others. RICO 12 Shares is not a place to promote or proselytize any products, services, or specific religions. RICO 12 Shares is a place to share and hear the solution, your experience, strength, and hope. RICO 12 Shares is a short shares-only meeting closed out with a recovery prayer that is recorded by any one of our participants or audience members. The RICO 12 family of recovery services is supported by participants and listeners. To become a supporter, what we call a RICO 12 spearhead, please go to www.rico12.com forward slash support or click on the link in the show notes. It is now time to share. RICO 12 shares. So, I'm Harvey E. in Toronto, grateful recovering sexaholic, a good person worthy of recovering a child of God. Uh, and I'm grateful for this opportunity to share with you today. Um, I wanted to share something uh, that uh, um, I learned before I actually ever went to a meeting. Uh, I started with a new therapist who was helping me work on uh, my same-sex attraction, uh, my unwanted same-sex attraction. Uh, he became... Um, a very, very good friend, and he continues to be. Uh, I don't see him quite as often as I was at the beginning, but um, he was extremely important to me for uh, for many reasons, some of which are, are applicable to this, some of them aren't. Uh, but when he realized in my share that I gave him the first time we met, I asked he asked me to tell tell me tell him about my story, and I did. And he stopped me and he asked me if uh, if sex was a need or a want, and then he recommended that I go to S meetings. The next thing he recommended, which is, I think, uh, really, really important and has served me really well for many, many reasons, and I'll go through them a little bit, was he, Bobby, his name is Bobby, Bobby recommended that uh, when I go to a meeting, I immediately, from the very first meeting, identify my template as being same-sex attractive. And uh, as a faith-based person, it was not something that I wanted to share with anyone, because I was uh, in a lot of shame around it. It was not my chosen life uh, style. It was not where I wanted to live. It was not the way I wanted to live. Um, I was living a double life. I had a wife and five children, married with uh, several grandchildren at that point. And uh, it was not something that I was terribly proud of. Uh, in fact, it, was, it really did bring me a lot of shame. And I said to him, I said, why do I have to tell anybody that? And like, it's really... It's private. It's none of anybody's business. And he said, no, that's not what you're going to a meeting for. Uh, you really need to unload that right from the very beginning, because if you don't, uh, it'll become a secret that you'll never want to share at a meeting ever again. And uh, it'll become twice as hard for you to finally get real and honest with this group one day later on when you finally say, I've got to tell them that I'm same sex attracted. Uh, you know, you could uh, stay very vague and say, oh, I watch porn or I act out with escorts. They would never know that they were male escorts if you didn't tell them. But uh, my suggestion, he said, was uh, get real from day one. Um, 
share your your addiction, share your template, um, make sure that uh, that that there's an honesty there, and that honesty will serve you well. Uh, honesty, I believe, is one of the very first and most important spiritual vitamins that we take that we finally learn to uh, to uh, use uh, in the uh, spiritual growth that we need in this program. Um, uh, I've heard from someone who's uh, been in the program for many, many years, 38 years actually, that uh, shame is the uh, athlete's foot of the soul. Um, just like athlete's foot, you keep in your socks, nobody sees your feet. Um, in the same way, if you uh, keep the shame in the dark, uh, it, it, it never gets better. You need to give it air. You have to take, bring it to the light, as he says. So um, I have done that from day one. It has served me uh, in many, many ways, some of which I'm sure I don't even know. It has also given me the opportunity to meet other people who share my template, who have been afraid to share it, and they come to me because they hear that I do. Um, so I'm very grateful for that. And uh, with that, I will pass. I'm Harvey. Rico 12 shares. Hi, my name's Emma M. And I'm a gratefully recovering addict, a precious child of God, and a member of the Fellowship of Spiritual Gangsters. I wanted to share about something that happened to me last week, a miracle. Um that's my dog making weird noises. <laughs> um, I I broke my ankle um, three weeks ago, nearly, and um, the miracle was that I understood that it was exactly as God had intended. That there was nothing wrong with the situation. I have every, everything I need. I had in that moment you know, this is happening for a reason. And it's been a real opportunity for me to grow in my recovery. I have found that a lot of my column four, my defects of character coming up um, around my expectations for other people, um, my stealing by having a resentment about something that's not even happened, an expectation. And I had a friend who wasn't doing what I wanted, wasn't saying what I wanted, wasn't behaving in the way that I wanted. My expectations were not being met and I was the actor trying to run the show, not happy with the outcome of her message or her behaviour. So I was... I've, I've watched this... I've watched these feelings, these column four defects, my self-will... Um, rising up the anger the irritation the frustration um these unwanted unnecessary feelings and i found myself thinking that i would send her a message something to kind of hurt her back um get my own back and i could see this i could see this old pattern um emerging so in the moment, I was able to watch and ask and turn. So I watched, saw these column four defects coming up. And then I realized that I now have tools that I can use instead of acting out. So I put my hand on my heart and I asked God for direction. What would you have me be in this moment, God? And I opened the book 
and it fell open on page 206, which is a chapter called Women Suffer Too. It's a story, which I, I love the stories in the book. And my eye was drawn to the paragraph that says, then the miracle happened to me. It isn't always so sudden with everyone, but I ran into a personal crisis, i.e. I broke my ankle, that filled me with a raging and righteous anger because my friends weren't acting and according to my expectations around this situation. And as I fumed helplessly and planned to get good and drunk, I was planning to think about it and, and show them. I was going to show her by sending her this message. My eye caught a sentence in the book lying open on my bed. We cannot live with anger. The walls crumpled and the light streamed in. I wasn't trapped. I wasn't helpless. I was free and I didn't have to drink or think or act out to show them. This wasn't religion. This was freedom. Freedom from anger and fear. Freedom to know happiness and freedom to know love. I went to a meeting to see for myself this group of freaks or bums who had done this thing. To go into a gathering of people was the sort of thing that all my life, from the time, time I left my private world of books and dreams, to meet the real world of people and parties and jobs, had left me feeling an uncomfortable outsider, needing the warming stimulus of drinks to join in. I went trembling into a house in Brooklyn, filled with strangers, and I found I'd come home, at last, my own kind. There is another meaning for that Hebrew word that in the King James Version of the Bible is translated salvation. It is to come home. I had found my salvation. I wasn't alone anymore. And that for me, in that moment, those feelings, that desperation, that need to show them, to show her, my friend, that I was right, the need to be right, which comes up for me all the time in my defects, it just it just melted away. I could see that this wasn't a religion, my spiritual practice, it gave me freedom, freedom to make a different choice in that moment, freedom to step away from the anger, the fear of her rejection, her abandonment, all the fears I had coming up, and the freedom to instead just know happiness, to embrace the freedom and to know love and to know that she loves me and to be free from those, those doubts. And then, you know, in the second part of the paragraph, I realized that you know, I had come home. I wasn't alone anymore because I now have recovery. I get to use these tools. I get to go to meetings, connect with fellows, to work with others. And I get to do all those things because I'm in recovery and because I'm home. And with that, I will pass. Thank you for letting me share. Rico 12 shares. Hello, my name is Ethan. I am an addict. My life is unmanageable and I am powerless over my addiction. Wanted to share an insight that I have gained recently. So I am a sex and lust addict. I am in an S-based group. My group is called uh, SAL, Sexaholics Anonymous Lifeline. Anyway, um, just a reflection here of, of, of an experience that I've had. I have um, been clean or, or sober or abstinent for for nine years um, from my addiction. However, I still have some some work to do. It's become very apparent. And just in brief, I won't go into too much detail. Um, but in short, I react negatively when I don't 
get as much sex as I think I should get or want or feel like I deserve in my marriage. And oftentimes I react very negatively. I get defensive. I play the victim. I play hurt. Um, I start to get resentful, angry, and pretty much throw a tantrum or a pity party. And it's been very, very frustrating um, to me. And I've been taking this to God frequently. And I feel very ashamed and my actions are, are very poor. And it's, you know, put a little strain, a, a tiny strain on my marriage and it created some difficulty for, for my wife and for me. And, you know, it's 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 not good behavior. I'll just say that. And so I've been I've been racking my brain. Why can't I shake this? What's going on? And so I've been taking this to the Lord or my higher power that I sometimes refer to as the Lord in um, my step, my step work, uh, specifically my step 11, my morning meditation. And I choose to use the uh, two way prayer practice as part of my my morning meditation as part of my working my step 11. And anyway, uh, recently. Um, had an experience where in that I was prompted or guided to um, not just do my step 11 in the morning, but to do my step 11 at night. So every night I do a step 10 inventory, I kind of check in, I send it off to some accountability partners and my sponsor, but I was also nudged to do an extra two-way prayer at night. I never thought of that. And so I've been doing that recently. And let me tell you, it has brought a, a sense of serenity, a sense of peace, and a connection with God, an extra layer of conscious contact with God. And in that, the Lord has spoken to me and said, you know, Ethan, you do not deserve sex. You don't need sex. Um, he has told me to free myself from the flesh, <clears throat> excuse me, from the desires of the flesh, from the desires of the mind, <clears throat> from the entitlement, and to free myself to take that step to the, to the next uh, level. And anyway, um, I have felt a lot of contact with God. And when a situation had arisen the other day where I would have pouted and gotten upset, um, the Lord spoke to me. It was at night. The Lord spoke to me and said and calmed me down. He spoke to my heart. He spoke to my mind. He spoke to my soul and he calmed me and I felt connected with him and I was able to get through. I survived. Everything went well. And I woke up in the morning and, and didn't even, I kind of forgot why I was mad or why I could have been upset the night before. And this has really helped me find serenity, find peace with God, and to find that extra spiritual connection. And it's been great for my, my recovery. It's been great for my, my marriage. And I'm so thankful for the steps. I'm so thankful for, for step 11, for that two-way prayer, and just for that prompting I've gotten and the healing that has happened. I'm imperfect. I keep moving. And God has been merciful and patient with me. So just wanted to share that with everyone. Thanks for listening. My name's Ethan. I'm an addict, and I will pass. Rico 12 shares. Good morning. Uh, my name is Nikki M and I'm a grateful member of many beautiful fellowships and especially this one, Rico 12. I just got off the phone with somebody in Portugal that I work with and I just wanted to share that it's true. Page 15, when all other measures fail, work with another addict will save the day. See, I could go out and get a new, oh, you name it, I can get it. I could do all these things, join all these things. But when I sat one-on-one -on -one talking with another addict, because it's a mirror reflection of me, everything I'm sharing with this person, I am, I need to do, I need to work towards. And a book between me and another fellow is the magic is the miracle is where I get the instructions of how I need to get through today, 
See, I just it's just morning here, 9 a.m. in Toronto, and I need to get through today. I never just sit and do nothing while waiting for God to tell me what to do. I do the next right thing and leave the results up to God. So I'm just so excited. I We read uh, page 66, that resentments will kill me. We read page 111, that the first principle of success is that I should never be angry. At the bottom of page 66, it says, this is my course. See, my fellow and I decided that we were going to abandon ourselves to God, to a power greater than ourselves. So we made that decision again today. Every day I need to make a step three decision. Sometimes every moment I need to make it. That this is my course. That I'm not like other people. Page 30, I must smash the idea that I'm like other people, not just addicts, any person on the planet. I'm laser designed. Thank you for letting me share. I'm Nikki M., an intelligent agent spearhead of God's ever-advancing creation. It is now time to close the RICO 12 Shares meeting. If you wish to share some of your recent experience, strength, and hope, or have insights that you've gained from other speakers or other meetings, please follow the links in the show notes to our website and submit a recorded share there. You can also become a RICO 12 spearhead and financially support these projects by clicking on the support link in the show notes. Thanks. We will now launch off into the rest of our day with a prayer. Hi, my name is Stefano, and I will record the prayer in Luxembourgish. Friedrich Maria, ganz an der Gnot, den Herr aus Matthäus, du bist gesehnt und hat die Frauen auch gesehnt, als Jesus kannt, dass du dreist. Heilig Maria, Gottes Mom, wird für euch Sünder, erloren und erstorben von Eisendot. Amen. Keep coming back. It works when you work it, so work it. You are worth it.